Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we have the third and final part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow. This week, he answers listeners' questions, including whether he thinks the Gambia can qualify for the Nations Cup or the World Cup one day. Me? Definitely. Definitely. You know, for me, nothing is impossible, you know, thinking about where I came from. Also, we ask Modu Barrow which team he would choose if he could play for any team in the English Premier League, plus a roundup of how the African players are doing in England as Swansea City get a valuable three points away to Arsenal. And we have the first part of an interview with former Congo Brazzaville captain Oscar Ewolo. That's all coming up on the show, but let's start with a word on the new FIFA president Gianni Infantino. The UEFA General Secretary Infantino from Switzerland caused something of an upset, beating the favourite Sheikh Salman of Bahrain in the elections last week. Now, the presidents of all the national associations first voted to accept a package of reforms designed to clean up FIFA. They then voted to appoint a new president, with Infantino winning it in a second round of voting. Now, I had a chance to read Infantino's manifesto when I was in Rwanda covering that meeting where the Confederation of African Football decided to back Sheikh Salman of Bahrain. Well, Infantino's election manifesto promises a lot to all of the national football associations. It talks of increasing the annual FIFA development grant to every country. Currently, it's a quarter of a million dollars a year, but Infantino talks of increasing it to one and a quarter million dollars per year. It may not start immediately, we'll have to see, but Infantino says that there's lots of money to go around at FIFA if it's managed properly. He also pledged to increase the number of teams at the World Cup finals from 32 to 40, giving Africa seven slots up from five at the World Cup. So, Solomon, is Gianni Infantino going to be good for African football? Yes, Steve, I really feel that uh, Gianni Infantino is definitely going to be good for African football. There's a lot of expectation on him uh, to increase uh, first the World Cup slots for Africa from the five that we have uh, to also put in money and resources into uh, football development across the continent of Africa. I feel he has a good heart for Africa. He will look at Africa's need, uh, and there's a lot of resources. FIFA has the finances to be able to help. So I expect, you know, a FIFA president that would really look at Africa, look at the talent in Africa. How do you improve development? How do you improve uh, football administration? Uh, how do you improve uh, the different leagues uh, across the continent? I must also say that the, the new reform uh, the, by FIFA, some of the new, uh, you know, reform uh, that they have uh, adopted is going to go a long way in also strengthening Infantino's relationship with Africa. So I definitely don't see turning his back or not doing well enough for Africa. I think he would listen to Africa. Uh, he's a Swiss, and, and, I, I, and Swiss and Africa had had uh, some sort of a, a good relationship. And, and I, I do hope that, you know, that would really come a long way in really helping football across the continent. Thanks, Solomon. And we have views from listeners on Gianni Infantino later on on the show. 
Uh, now, on a different issue, Solomon, you're in Nigeria, and again, there's been a change of national team coach. Sunday Olise has resigned after just eight months in charge, saying that he's owed money by the Nigeria Football Federation, who say that they only owe him a bonus. Well, Samson Siasia is back for a second spell as coach of the Super Eagles, and it's been turbulent times since Stephen Keshi took over and won the 2013 Nations Cup with Nigeria. Uh, so, what do people there in Nigeria think about all this, Solomon? Well, Steve, people here in Nigeria are beginning to think that the Nigerian Football Federation are not really serious. You know, there is a divided country. Some are supporting the decision of Sunday Olise because he's not been treated well. He's not been paid for quite a long time and also uh, provision of uh, accommodation for him so he could reside in the nation of Nigeria, which has failed. So there's a lot of uh, contractual dispute. Uh, so he, he decided to, to do that. You know, he decided to just, uh, you know, turn his back on Nigerian Football Association. And, and people are saying that's the best way to treat the Nigerian Football Association because they are not really serious. But on the other side, some people are uh, digging deep into uh, his days as a football player and also captain of the Nigerian football team, that is Sunday Olise, uh, how during his tenure as the football captain of the Nigerian Super Eagles, there was always uh, a bit of drama, a bit of uh, arrogance, a bit of, uh, bit of crisis within the team. He's known to be somebody that stands for his right and push through and, and hold on to what he believes in. Some, pe- some people are, are divided around They're saying, look, uh, he's not really the best coach. And some people are saying, well, uh, he doesn't even have any sort of coaching experience uh, with any top team anyway. Uh, no f- top football club or no football top football country. Uh, so he, they were believers that he was not even the right person for the job in the first place. Uh, you know, but but he, he got the job and he's unfortunate the way that he left. Um, and I I see in a country that is very divided, Samson Siasia is back. He was coached between 2010 to 2011 when he gave way to, uh, to coach Stephen Keshi. And he's back. He's also the coach of the Nigerian Olympic football team that's going to be playing in Rio. So he, I think he, he is... Definitely experienced right now. He is. Uh, he has learned so much uh, from his first uh, tenure as a coach, and also coaching the under 21 and the under 23. So uh, he will come in with a whole lot of experience. But people are still very much divided, and and some of them losing interest in the Super Eagles, especially with the big game coming up uh, at the end of the month against uh, seven-time African champions Egypt. Well, thanks, Solomon. Certainly Nigerian football lacking stability when it comes to the national team coach. Well, next on Planet Sport Football Africa, the second part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow. Now, Barrow became the first Gambian to play in the English Premier League when he joined Swansea City in 2014. Stuart Weir went to Swansea to speak to Barrow and in a fascinating interview we've heard about how playing in the English Premier League has been a dream come true for him, also about how important it is for him to give back to those back home and also some insight into what the life of a top footballer is like. Well this week he answers listeners' questions that we got on our WhatsApp. The first is from Cherno Jallo who wanted to know which player Barrow thinks is best. Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? Uh, that is a tough one. Uh, to be honest, I used to like Ronaldo. He was my idol when I was like young. You know, I have his pictures like over my bed and everything. So I used to like him a lot. The way I play and everything I got, you know, in football, I learned it from him. But uh, right now, to be honest, we have to say that Messi is the best player. 
So I have to go with Messi. The next question, what do you think of the state of Gambian football? How good are the players and how good is the organization? Like I say, we have really good players in Gambia. You know, really, really good players. You know, but if you don't get opportunity to show your talent, you know, it's hard to show it. But for me, if Gambians play good football and, uh, you know, give uh, the young boys chance, especially in the national team, to give the young boys chance to play, I think they can have a really good team because now football is about giving young players, the hungry players that are skillful and they have everything to give them chance to play. You know, so I think if Gambia do that for the football and their national team, I think they're going to be incredible. And the next question is, what is your ambition for the Gambian team? What do you think the Gambian team can achieve in international football? Starting from this year, I have to say I'm really impressed because with the group we are in now, like the way we play against South Africa, this big nation like Cameroon, we should, we should beat them at home. So I think we can achieve a lot, you know, if we keep playing like the way we are playing and believe. But like I say before, we need to build something new, you know, and stop using the same thing the past year that is not working and go fresh and clean their mind and then go ahead again. Next question. If you could go to any other club in the Premier League, which one would it be? <laughs> I would rather go to Man United to Arsenal, one of them. Why? Because I like the way they play. It suits me because they have wingers with speed, the wingers with technique, and they give you the ball to do your thing. And I'm, that's my game, you know, to give me a ball one against one against a defender. Interesting question from Babu in the Gambia, who says, I'm very proud that you are doing what you're doing, but did you ever think of becoming Swedish or becoming English? No, no, I, have a, I never think about that. Uh, I never had that in mind, you know, because all I have in my mind is, you know, to work hard and go to a top club, play Champions League and uh, work hard on, on my country. I think you were the first Gambian in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about that, you know. I was playing and, like I said before, working hard back in Sweden. I didn't have no ideas about that, but when I came here, and start to play the game against Arsenal. I heard things like that, but uh, that is not uh, a big deal for me. I'm proud to represent my country, but it's not a big deal for me. The big deal for me is to work out and help and pray that many more gambas will come. This is from Musa, who says, I really like your style of football. How committed are you to the Gambian team? Me? Yesterday, I met one Gambian yesterday uh, at the West Brom game who was asking me the same question. Yeah, the Gambian team. Like I said, Gambia is my country, you know. I will do everything for them, you know. Whatever it takes, I will do it just for for the country. So I'm really committed because I know that, like I said, I know that Gambia have good players, especially young, talented players. If we build something, I know that we can get out of this big, like, African Cup and this thing. So I know that we can do it. So I have belief. The next question is, you are our star player. I would love to see you play in the African Nations Cup Finals or the World Cup. Do you think that is possible? Me? Definitely. Definitely. You know, for me, nothing is impossible. You know, thinking about where I came from and uh, jumping from clubs to clubs. You like jump from Division 4 to the Swedish Top League, went to the Second League, jump from there, come to the Premier League. So for me, nothing is impossible. What do you do in your spare time? Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, <laughs> I come home after training, play some FIFA at home by myself. 
sometimes when my girlfriend and my daughter come, you know, I spend time with them. When I come out to train, I will sit and play with my daughter. But otherwise, you know, I, uh, my spare time is to be with my one of my friends who's from Sweden. We know each other since in Sweden, so we play for the under 21 in Swansea. We used to spend time and play FIFA together and laugh, go to cinemas. But otherwise, for me, it's just come home and rest, play FIFA, focus on next day training, focus on next day game. That's, that's my life, you know. My life is not about going out, partying or all these things. Well, that's Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow talking to Stuart Weir. Thanks to those who sent in the questions on WhatsApp, uh, to Cherno Jallo, to Ibrima Kante, who asked about the state of Gambian football, uh, to Sana Balde, who asked what Barrow's ambition is with the Gambia national team, Alfred Lightfoot-Taylor asked which team in England he would choose besides Swansea. Uh, Babu in the Gambia asked if Barrow ever thought of changing nationality. Musa K. Toure asked how committed Barrow is to the Gambia. Thanks to, to Aliou B. Conte for the question on whether can Gambia qualify for the Nations Cup one day. And to Efratha Kamanga in Malawi who asked that last question on what Modu does in his free time. Thanks to all of those senders and sorry if we weren't able to include your question. And well, I must say, I've totally enjoyed that interview with Modu Barrow today and in the previous two weeks. Uh, thanks again to Stuart Weir for linking up with him in Swansea in the UK. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Planet Sport FA. And our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. You can listen to each week's current show there. The address planetsportfootballafrica.com. Still to come, the first part of an interview with former Congo Brazzaville captain Oscar Ewolo, plus a roundup of the action in the English Premier League. Well, now we turn to Facebook and WhatsApp, and we've been asking what you think about the new FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, the former UEFA Secretary General. Well, the African hope in the presidential election, Tokyo Sequale from South Africa, withdrew from the campaign just before voting began. So we asked, do you think that Infantino is the right man to lead FIFA? And importantly, will he do a good job for Africa? Well, there was another big response this week, and most are in support of Infantino's appointment. Alfred Mdimba in Malawi says, I wanted Tokyo to compete so that Africa would benefit more. But anyway, let's hope Gianni will do a good job because he is a well-experienced person. Ebrima Kante from the Gambia says, yes, to be honest, he's a good man. For Africa, yes, he'll be a good president for us. I lost confidence in FIFA, but with Infantino, I believe credibility will be restored. From Sierra Leone, Alan MJ Campbell says, for most people here, the victory of Infantino is a big surprise, as not much is known about him. But most people are hopeful that he will work towards cleaning up the game and that Africa will benefit if he embarks on developmental programs as Sepp Blatter did, which benefited Africa immensely. And well, as I mentioned earlier, in his campaign, Infantino pledged to increase the annual FIFA development grant to every nation from a quarter of a million dollars to one and a quarter million dollars per year. Now, Sana Balde and the Gambia says whoever is at the helm should deliver to the highest level and eliminate corruption and racism in the game. We need more transparency and I wish Infantino well. 
Amalai Oyake in California offers a more cautious opinion. He says, I suspect Infantino will continue as Sepp Blatter did. His aim will be to please or appease the large voting blocs. Loser in all this is Jerome Champagne, who spent many years courting relationships in Africa, only for those nations to completely turn their backs on him. Saikube Sise in the Gambia speaks for many when he talks about the great expectations resting on the new FIFA president. And Saikube says, we expect a lot from him. We're watching and listening. Gemo in South Korea says, congratulations to Gianni Infantino. We can only tell if he'll do a good job by first restoring the image of FIFA as a global football institution. I hope in his tenure he will be honest and transparent and will continue to develop the game of football, especially in the youth and female sides of the game. And Albert Kadzombe in Malawi says, I'm sure he will do a good job, no doubt about that. He's a very humble guy and I've known about him for a while during his time as UEFA Secretary General. I wish him well in his new post. Uh, but a few people were hoping other candidates would be appointed. Saiku Trawali says, I don't think he is the right man for FIFA. In my opinion, I think Sheikh Salman should have been chosen. And on to other matters now. And Ansumana Kole in The Gambia says, I'm a keen listener of Planet Sport Football Africa. I was touched by the interview with Modu Barrow. Glad to hear you enjoyed that, Ansumana. It was a real pleasure for Stuart to go and meet him in Swansea. And finally, Alessana Drame comments on Manchester City's League Cup victory against Liverpool on Sunday after a dramatic penalty shootout. Alessana says congrats to Yaya Toure and his teammates. Go City, go and go for the UEFA Champions League and the Premier League title too. And congrats to City goalkeeper Caballero. He was so spectacular and much credit goes to him. Yes, it was a wonderful performance by City's second-choice goalkeeper, Willy Caballero, who saved three Liverpool penalties in the shootout to win the League Cup for Manuel Pellegrini's team. And more from Stuart shortly on that game. Well, thanks for all of those comments. It's always great to hear from you and to talk about all matters football. Now, this week on WhatsApp and Facebook, uh, tell us which teams do you think will be relegated in the English Premier League? Andre Ayew and Modu Barrow's Swansea City had a valuable win away to Arsenal midweek, boosting their chances of survival. And with 10 rounds of games to go, the bottom four are Sunderland, Norwich, Newcastle and Aston Villa. So which three teams do you think will go down? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now let's talk more about the English Premier League because our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us from the UK. And, uh, well, Stuart, none of the top four teams won in their midweek fixtures. And it seems like nobody wants to win the title this year. Well, I think Leicester are smiling more than anyone else because in the two games in the last few days, they got a win and a draw, whereas... You know, Manchester City are in this remarkable situation of having lost their last three Premier League games and Arsenal have lost their last two. So, you know, Leicester find themselves three points clear of Spurs, six points clear of Arsenal. And while Manchester City have a game in hand, they're 10 points behind Leicester. So anyway, it really is Leicester City's to lose. And Leicester, of course, have no distractions from other competitions such as the UEFA Champions League. 
Well, you can always say that. I mean, Manchester City, a week or two ago, were chasing the FA Cup, the Champions League and the league. I would say now they're chasing only the Champions League. I mean, Arsenal losing at home to Swansea, you know, they hit the bar twice. The Swansea goal was possibly offside, the winning goal. But at the end of the day, Arsenal created something like 18 chances and they only scored one goal. That is not championship winning form. You know, Steve, the bottom of the table is really just as interesting because Bournemouth and Swansea got wins, which left them now six and eight points clear of a bottom four of Sunderland, Norwich, Newcastle and Aston Villa. And Swansea's winning goal was created from a free kick, which Andre Ayew won. And I was particularly delighted to see Bournemouth winning against Southampton and drawing with Watford with Max Gradell from Ivory Coast, who got injured in August, coming off the bench against Watford and starting the game against Southampton. It's just great for him and great for Bournemouth to see him back in action. You know, you get your chance to come into the Premier League and within a month you're injured. The West Ham team that beat Tottenham in the midweek game had Emmanuel Emeniki playing. You know, some people were critical of that move, but so far he seems to be doing the business, scoring in the FA Cup and certainly uh, making his presence felt in the Tottenham game. Well, let's hope Nigeria's Emmanuel Emenike will keep it up there. And Stuart, Yaya Toure on the winning side for Manchester City last weekend at Wembley and picking up a League Cup medal. Yes, I mean, not only on the winning side, but scoring the winning penalty because the game was won all after 90 and 120 minutes and it was a penalty shootout where Liverpool got the first penalty in but it was the only one that they scored. And it was Yaya Torre who actually, as I say, put the ball in the net for the winning penalty. And I suppose a nice touch for Yaya Torre is that Colo Torre, his brother, came off the Liverpool bench. So a win for one Torrey and a defeat for another, I suppose you could say. Um, Steve, there was just the most amazingly lovely story last week involving an 18-year-old Manchester United player, Marcus Rashford. Now, for the Europa League game, he probably wouldn't even have been on the bench except Rooney's injured. He got on the bench and then in the warm-up, Marichal got injured. He got to play. He scored two goals. He stayed in the team to play against Arsenal in the Premier League and he scored another two goals. You know, this 18-year-old who nobody had heard of has suddenly scored four goals in the Manchester United first time. You couldn't make it up. Oh, Steve, I have a couple of other things to tell you. When Sunderland played recently, they set a Premier League record for having three players with an apostrophe in their surname and that's never happened before. John O'Shea, Dam Doy and Jan Vila. You know, Steve, when I was growing up, football was always three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. But when Manchester United played their UEFA League game last week on a Thursday, following two FA Cup ties on a Friday and a Monday, as well as the usual Premier League games on Saturday or Sunday, Tuesday and Wednesday, it meant that Manchester United's last nine games had taken place on each of the seven days of the week. I don't think that's ever happened before. (laughs) That is amazing. Fabulous statistics. And uh, thanks a lot to Stuart Weir in the UK. We're now to the first part of an interview with former Congo Brazzaville captain Oscar Ewolo. This feature from Planet Sport Football Africa reporter Adrian Barnard. (laughs) 
Oscar Iwolo was born on the 9th of October 1978 in Brazzaville in the Republic of Congo. When he was just four years old, his family moved to France, and this is where he was brought up. From the age of six or seven, Oscar dreamed of becoming a professional footballer. When he was about 12, he started playing for a club in his village, and by the time he was 15, he knew he would be able to make football his career. One day, his village team played against Amiens, who were then playing in the French second division. And soon after, his dream came true. I played for my club against Amion. I must have impressed the Amion coach. I think he saw my ability to dribble. So I arrived at Amion very young. I was with the young players 14 upwards before becoming a full professional at 18. I was 17 or 18 when I played my first professional game. And from then on, I was playing with the professionals. Oscar played in the defence, and by the time he was 18, he'd established himself as a first team player. He had some great times at the club. Alors, 2001, 2001 was a great season for Amiens. We got into the quarter final of the League Cup. We were promoted from the National League to League 2 and reached the final of the French Cup. I was really happy as many players never have the chance to play in a Cup final. We lost in a penalty shootout. But it is one of my best football memories. Oscar spent nine years at Amiens and made over 130 appearances. But in 2005, he made the move to another French club, FC Lorient, where he enjoyed more success. In my first year, we were promoted to the Premier Division. Before that, the club was in a difficult situation, and even that year, the coach did not think we were good enough to be promoted. He was looking at promotion in two to three years, but we did it immediately. It was a great year. Drawing near to the Lord gave me great joy, as did prayer. And from the perspective of the football, it went well, and we reached the Premier Division. Oscar's faith as a follower of Jesus Christ has been a big influence on his life, both on and off the field. His journey to faith started when he was a boy. Alors en fait j'ai ma maman qui a d'abord accepté le Seigneur parce que j'ai perdu mon père très jeune à l'âge de 14 ans. It started when my mother became a Christian. I'd lost my father when I was 14 and that destabilized the whole family because at home everything revolved around him. It was as if the whole family was dying gradually on the inside. Then one day someone told my mother that Jesus Christ could help her. My mother dismissed it saying even if Jesus Christ did exist, her husband was still dead. She was told to open her heart and have faith. And as she did open her heart, hope came into it. Love came into her and she was totally transformed. I saw it and was astonished. She started to change. I saw a woman who had lost her joy start to find a different joy. But I was just living life like any young person. I was occupied by my friends and football, but there was something missing. Then one day someone gave me a Bible and said, you need to read this, and I did. In fact, I started to get interested in God. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and I was starting to read the Bible. Faith started to grow inside me. I went to church, and as I read the Bible, I began to change and stop doing things. You can meet Jesus Christ anywhere because he is everywhere. 
They were of course started to change me inside and I decided to become part of the church. I had a sermon on the Bible and from that I knew that if you take one step, you take it with God. In fact, God takes three steps for us. I knew I had to give up things that did not please him. He would give me the strength to walk with him and at that moment I knew that I needed him. So I said, yes Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to walk with you. Give me the strength to live a Christian life. I was totally changed. God's life came into mine and I became a new person. I changed completely and was filled with love. I was no longer the same and in fact my whole family changed. When God comes into your life, it is like someone returning home and finding everything in darkness. He brings light into all the dark places. That is what Jesus Christ did in my life. He came into my heart and lit up the darkness. Well, that's former Congo Brazzaville captain Oscar Ewolo on his career and his faith. And in the second part of this feature from Adrian Barnard, uh, next week Ewolo gives his views on superstitious beliefs in football. And on next week's show, we'll focus in detail on the hot issue of whether religious prayers and practices and belief in juju or muti helps players and teams to perform better. That's on next week's show. That's it for this week, though. But on WhatsApp and Facebook, do tell us which teams do you think will be relegated in the English Premier League. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, the website planetsportfootballafrica.com. And from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.